It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Welcome to the show. It's election day. It's November 3rd, 2020. Uh, and if you weren't already dead from net neutrality, uh, then I think uh, a bunch of people are going to be dead right after the uh, results of the election are known tonight. Or maybe not. Who knows? It's 2020 after all. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. I appreciate you joining me and I appreciate patrons of the program, folks such as Gary, Trent, Marlon, Nick, Lori, Catherine, Monica, Les, Mary, and Eric. I appreciate the support. They became patrons. You can as well, just by going to thepetecallendershow.com and then clicking on the link at the top. And uh, you get a bumper sticker or two, and you get access to exclusive content like the live streams that we do every Thursday night. It's going to be a lot of fun after (laughs) the election. This week's live stream is going to be probably crazy um so there's that uh, also today um i'm bringing to you an interview that i did with a fellow by the name of matt mattern and he ran for president in the gop primary in 2020 so he's anti-trump um but i think you'll enjoy the discussion i have with him okay um i think you'll also enjoy renting your next tool from general equipment rental In fact, I know you will, because they've got all the tools that you need to get the job done. It really makes a huge difference. If you're trying to do a job and you don't have the right tools, the job uh, can be super frustrating. You're going to make mistakes, cut corners, like literally you're going to cut corners that should not have been cut. And then you're like, hey, why is this corner all like deformed and cut up? Oh, because I didn't have the right tool. Well, you can get the right tool for whatever job you're looking to do, whether it's outdoors, indoors, big projects, little projects, air tools, compressors, scaffolding, large power tools, basically everything at General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. Um, They are at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road, family owned and operated for three generations. Go to their website, generalrents.com. And get pre-qualified for 0% APR for 48 months. And you can also find out all about commercial fleet discounts as well. Um, look, if you've got the right tool, there's not a job you can't do. It's it's a really empowering kind of feeling. I know I've been there. I've done it. When I started doing a renovation on a house, like, uh, well, probably 15 years ago now, uh, I had virtually no tools. But as I did more work, I accumulated more tools. And I realized the value of having the right tool for the right job. But you don't want to have to buy a tool if you're only going to do the job once, right? So just rent it from General Equipment Rental, generalrents.com. They also do equipment service and repair. They're your official licensed Husqvarna and Honda outdoor power equipment sales and service provider as well. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox. Joining me now is Matt Mattern. He is a former presidential candidate for the GOP. He's also uh, a lawyer out in California. And uh, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? Um, Great to be here, Pete. Thanks for having me on your show. Certainly. So uh, first off, uh, you attempted to challenge President Trump inside the GOP. 
you spent several months traveling the country uh, back in, what, 2019 into 2020. Your campaign was unsuccessful. Um, and so now you are supporting Joe Biden. So before we get to the politics, tell us uh, just a little bit about yourself. Sure. I'm an attorney based out in Los Angeles and been uh, practicing for about 28 years. Primarily, we uh, we practice in the employment law area and represent workers. And uh, the other thing that we've done is environmental work going after uh, polluters. So have you ever held any elective office before you made the run for president? No, I had not. Uh, just been a concerned citizen and given to political candidates and uh, had been concerned about uh, you know our political environment. And then when President Trump got nominated by the Republican Party back in 2016, I was very concerned because I thought he is not the right person for the country or for the party. And the majority of Republican primary voters voted for somebody other than President Trump. And uh, I was very concerned. And quite frankly, as soon as he entered office, it, my, my worst fears were realized uh, because he just is not competent or fit to uh, lead the country as a president of the United States. So and uh, during the primary, you're correct, right? He had uh, he did not have the majority of support uh, in the especially in the early primary states, I guess, as more candidates dropped out than it changed. But um, he does have he does have uh, very high support among Republicans now. So does that uh, I don't know, does that alleviate that concern that that now it seems the Republican voters do support him? Well, uh, there is a, a, a very high level of support in the Republican Party for President Trump, but there are a lot of voices out there that don't support him. And I believe that he he lost a lot of voters in 2018, a lot of female voters and moderate Republicans and independents who had normally supported Republican candidates had abandoned the party in 2018. And that's why the House of Representatives was lost uh, to the Democrats. So so he has alienated vo voters and he's running behind right now to Joe Biden. So I think that's the. Uh, the message that the Republican Party should take is that um, slavishly following Donald Trump is going to lead to no good. Uh, and I do want to come back to that. But you mentioned the 2018 election. How much of that is just historical, though, because, uh, you know, Obama lost uh, the, the Congress when he in, after his you know first two years. It's sort of the uh, the incumbency problem when after you get elected. Uh, there's this kind of, I don't want to say backlash, but a lot of times the incumbent president loses in those midterm elections. So how much of that is his fault? There, There is a historical element to it, and you're right, Pete, but I think that he pursued policies that could have, uh, that alienated moderate voters and suburban voters um, in the first two years of his presidency. And he, and he had tax cuts that were targeted really against people in blue states. So you saw him lose a lot of moderate Republican congressmen in blue states, like in California, lost seven seats because of the tax cut, which which basically said you can't deduct property taxes mm -hmm. or state income taxes, which are two big deductions for your average moderate Republican voter. And they felt like, hey, they had been abandoned by their party. 
which was a stupid political move, and yet they did it. Are they not? Is that? And I've seen this argument that that's a subsidy, though. That other taxpayers are subsidizing those states for their profligate spending because they get to deduct the property taxes. Well, that's that's an argument, and I'm not for higher taxes. But the the bottom line was, from a political standpoint, that yeah. had deduction that had been allowed for decades, and then you take it away. So I mean, uh, and it was targeted clearly at blue states well then he lost a lot of blue state republican congressmen so that's the cost of having kind of an animus in your policy towards certain geographic areas and and it costs the republican party dearly so yeah and i agree on the on the politics side but from the tax side from a policy standpoint isn't that isn't that the right policy should shouldn't Shouldn't states be forced to balance their own budgets and not be able to essentially, you know, raise taxes on their own citizens and then have that offset by the federal taxpayers? Well, I think you you'd want to probably even it out so it didn't seem like, hey, you're targeting one geographic area. I think that's the first time that in my memory where a tax bill or tax reform package actually targeted the political opponents of the party in power. And that is a really dumb political move. So putting tax policy aside, I mean, I, I personally think the income tax structure probably needs to be redesigned in whole. And I had a policy which was to eliminate the income tax for, for families earning less than $100,000 a year, which would promote kind of tax fairness because that group of people are really getting, you know, they're struggling the most. And I think that's where we should have focused our attention. Mm -hmm. um, so the um, the presidential run that you that, that you launched, you made you you ran, and I looked it up in New Hampshire, uh, but I didn't realize there were actually so many candidates in the Republican primary. There was like fifteen of them. Um, did you did you try to do anything after New Hampshire, or was that the end of it? Uh, yeah, I did campaign after that, okay. and uh, did some. Uh, did some campaigning in Oklahoma and Utah, Colorado, California, and um, and we did get uh, actually more traction in those states than we did in New Hampshire, probably because the the field was a little bit narrower uh, in those states than it was in New Hampshire. Gotcha. So if so, in your travels and talking to Republican voters, um, why if if they were if they're not on board with Donald Trump, why? why was no one able to challenge him successfully to unseat him or even come close to unseating him as the nominee? Well, certainly, I, I think there's a bit of a front-runner status, and, and just like in sports teams where you see somebody who's winning, they they pull in a lot of fair-weather fans. So I think that there are a lot of Republicans who are backing him because he happens to be the person in power, not because they love him so dearly, but because uh, given the choices, they they just prefer him versus the nominal Democrat. But I, I don't uh, in my travels around the country, I heard a lot of people who were upset with many of the things that he was doing and saying and didn't like his style of leadership and didn't like a lot of the decisions that he was making. So I don't believe that the Republican Party is 
100% behind him. I think there's a fair amount of fear factor in that Republicans that have stepped out and said that they disagree with him, such as Senator uh, Jeff Flake, had had gotten a lot of uh, backlash because of President Tr- uh, Trump's uh, Twitter following and ability to kind of harness negative energy against any Republican who spoke out against him. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, I'm trying to remember the, the last time I, I mean, much the same thing happens, although without the Twitter following, I completely agree with you there that uh, he can unleash those forces. But uh, I, I mean, you're the standard bearer of the party. Generally, you don't see a lot of people breaking ranks from their from their own party president, even when, you know, when Barack Obama was president and he was, uh, you know, throughout America, state legislatures were falling. Right. They were flipping Republican. He, he, he they lost Democrats, lost more seats under him than anyone else. And nobody criticized him for that. So isn't that sort of a natural effect of being the president? I, I do think there is that effect. And uh, but you did see challengers say to George H.W. Bush, Bush, uh, Pat Buchanan challenged him. And there was a fair amount of discontent over the way that, uh, you know, George H.W. Bush was leading the party at that point in time. And it did um, effectively help. Um, you know, hurt George H.W. Bush at that point in time. So there are there are factions within the Republican Party that disagree with President Trump pretty vehemently, and I think for good reason. And um, it's worth standing up to him and sending a message that as a as a party going down the direction that President Trump is leading the party is not going to be good for the long term. Uh, future of the Republican Party. More with Matt Mattern in a minute. First, you know how important your website is to your business, right? Now more than ever, you need it to turn up in search results. You want it to look professional. You want it to be user-friendly. You want to be able to use it. You want to be able to make changes and adapt on the fly, right? So you know your business, but you might not know everything about website design and maintenance. But Schaefer Smith does. At Schaefer Smith Design, great design can solve a lot of your site's problems. Professional services, corporate, small business, entrepreneurs, Schaefer Smith can help you all with graphics and photos. He can help you build out your online store, as well as search engine optimization, website maintenance, and security. He does logos like mine for my show. Go to SchaeferSmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's SchaeferSmith.com. Matt Mattern. So you are voting for Joe Biden. You're supporting Joe Biden over Trump. So is this a vote for Biden or is this a vote against Donald Trump? Do you and do you make any distinction there? Well, I'd say it's a bit of both. One, I, I disagree with President Trump and and believe that he is wrong for America and wrong for the party. But I also believe that Joe Biden is a moderate and that uh that would be good for the country because, quite frankly, President Trump has exacerbated um, tensions within the country and polarizing. He's a polarizing figure that has not led to unity of the country. And, and quite frankly, uh, I've never never heard uh, of a president in in modern in memory, uh, even in history, that has kind of come to the edge of essentially saying, "Hey." We should uh, not honor the the winner at the 
the polls because we're going to question it. We're, it's a sham. It's, it's rigged. I mean, he's questioning our entire democracy, which is, is just shocking. Um, do you think there's any validity to concerns about election integrity in America? Well, I think that we do need to watch and be concerned. I'm not saying that there's no concern, uh, but I do trust Americans and our and our process uh, for electing uh, officials and that, generally speaking, we have a lot of good and honest people at the polls and throughout the system that are watching it and that are doing a reasonable and fair job to ensure a fair and just outcome. And is there potential for impurity in that process? Yes, there is. But is it rife with uh, fraud and deceit? I don't believe that's the case. And, and we haven't seen that in our elections around the country. I mean, there, the problems that we've seen are very minor and isolated. Just tell me the problem that we've had at a federal election in in memory that has been rife with fraud and abuse. I, I don't know of it. Well, we just had one in North Carolina, the North Carolina, the ninth congressional district. They had to hold, do a whole new election because of the absentee ballot harvesting. Right. But that's that's one in how many years? But that's the one that was caught. And it was caught because, well, I'm not going to get into the backstory. I mean, there's a whole backstory, but it was it was caught. It was publicized. And there was actually another group doing it as well. Part of the problem that I have with this argument that there isn't any widespread voter fraud, and I don't know if there is, by the way, I'm not saying I'm not alleging there is. Um, I just right now there are no incentives to root that out. Prosecutors don't spend their time going after that stuff. I don't know what it is in California, North Carolina. It's class H felony. It's like you get a stiffer sentence for stealing hay than you get for uh, <laughs> for vote fraud. So uh, I, I'm not I'm not sure there's an incentive for people to actually go prosecute that stuff. Um, it's also very difficult to detect, especially when you don't you know sort of set up uh, measures to protect the integrity of the system. So if you don't look for it, you're not going to find it, and then to cite the lack of findings as proof it doesn't happen seems a bit circular. Well, I do think that there are a lot of people who are watching this uh, and, and a lot of election attorneys are watching this very closely and poll watchers and uh, there's an entire system and both parties are watching this very closely. So I disagree with that nobody's watching this and it's just kind of happening in the dark. Uh, they, they caught it in North Carolina because people are watching. And, it, you know, that's a that's an example of the system actually working and <laughs> well, finding the uh, fraud, isn't uh, it? No. So, yeah, I know that's a, I've heard that argument before. This has been going on in that district for a very, very long time. It got caught this time because one of the guys flipped parties and started doing the work for the Republican. But he but he had been doing the work for Democrats for decades. And there's another organization that still does it. So so what, so he got ratted out by his own people. That's who was, quote, watching. So as long and this is what I mean, as long as I don't think it's proof that the system worked. I think it's proof that there are a lot of people that are involved. I mean, like, honestly, when did and I, when did we get to a point in America where he said, you know what, from now on, no more election fraud, no more vote fraud, because here in Western North Carolina, I mean, we've got we've got ample examples of ballot fraud that have occurred over uh, the last century. And um, 
it's just, I mean, it's just part of the culture. People buying votes and, you know, bringing people around. This state was run by the Democrat patronage machine for a century. You didn't get a job in state government unless you were a Democrat. So this idea that we just abandoned vote fraud or election fraud as, you know, some sort of appeal to our better angels, I, I just, I don't buy it. <laughs> I just don't buy that. People, especially when you have power that is concentrated and if everything has now become political then people need control of the levers of government right in order to affect their preferred changes so why wouldn't they try to do whatever they could in order to win elections it it, it seems there are there are way more upsides to you know behaving badly than downsides that's and that's i don't know that's just human nature in my view Well, Pete, I agree with you that we should watch carefully, and I agree with you that it is a serious issue to be concerned about. Um, I do am am concerned about Donald Trump using the levers of power to benefit himself and and the postal service that he was trying to manipulate um, the the postal service in, in ways to benefit him and to hurt his opponent. So that... That is clearly uh, improper use of the government um, for political purposes. So, yes, we do need to be concerned about it. I, I certainly don't want to you know, leave the listeners with the sense that, oh, everything's fine and just don't worry about it. We as citizens should be concerned, watching, making sure that the election goes down in a way that is fair and everybody plays by the rules. Um, so I, but I do believe that there are lots of people watching, have been watching for years and it it has improved the system. And yes, historically, there's been tremendous amounts of uh, fraud and abuse in the system. Uh, I think that our systems in place are far more professional than the ones that were in place a hundred years ago, but is it perfect? No, it's not probably perfect, but it is. I, I would say very, very good and and probably could use some improvement. Well, on that, I would agree. I think it needs I do believe it needs improvement. But let me shift gears to uh, you're an attorney. Supreme Court. We just saw the uh, confirmation of Amy Coney Barrett. But I want to back up to the last nomination, because I think uh, uh, for me and a lot of uh, people that uh, that I talked with at the time, the Brett Kavanaugh hearings were a radicalizing moment for uh, a lot of conservatives. So let me just ask this. Do you believe that Kavanaugh is or was a serial sexual assaulter? He was a gang rapist. Do you believe any of that? I I wasn't there and I don't um, I didn't see evidence of a serial sexual assault um, history, really. But I did hear one witness who got up there who testified to something that seemed credible to me. And I'm somebody who has prosecuted probably 200 cases of sexual harassment against uh, women here in California. And the charges that um, the witness made against Justice Kavanaugh were serious and credible. Now, I think there's a tradition among judges that you should try to pick a judge that is beyond reproach, that doesn't even have a charge leveled against him uh, or her, and that Justice Kavanaugh had those charges leveled against him, and the charges alone, to a certain extent, were disqualifying because it, it, it sullies his name and 
and um, kind of impairs the justice that he will be doing because of people question whether or not he was. There's certainly many uh, fine jurists out there that don't have those charges leveled against them, just like Judge Gors- Justice Gorsuch and Amy Cohn and uh, Coney Barrett do not have anything like that against them. So they don't have their, you know, their character hasn't been impugned on that level. And I think that we would be wise to pick judges who don't have those types of issues. And I believe that the witness who did come forward making those allegations, who testified in Congress uh, or testified to the Senate, um, was was fairly credible in my experience. More with Matt Mattern in a minute. First, um, I'll tell you what my experience has been with mattresses. I had some really bad ones in my life. I got one of them at like a thrift store, like not kidding. And it was awful. And I didn't realize uh, how bad it was until I got a better mattress. And the one I've got now from Mattress Man is by far, hands down, the best mattress I've ever had. Mattressmanstores.com is the website. Check out all the inventory. Uh, Check out also... Their triple zero deal, zero down, zero APR for 24 months, so no interest, and zero AP, uh, zero payments, rather, for 90 days. This is basically like free, well, for a little while at least, right? You're not going to make any payments on this bed. And they have a 120-day comfort guarantee. It's like a win, 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 win. And they have a massive selection of the best beds. Uh, they've got the Biltmore collection made by Restonic out of Fayetteville. So these are the mattresses that are at the Biltmore Inn and the Biltmore Hotel. And uh, you can also pick up uh, the latest line from uh, Paramount Sleep. This is called Nature's Spa, and this is a series of hybrid mattresses. Uh, these are featured at Blackberry Farm in Tennessee. So they also have traditional inner spring mattresses, pocketed spring memory foam, pillow top, natural latex, hand-tufted, two-sided hotel foam. They've got adjustable bases as well. I think that might be my next uh, that might be the next purchase is the adjustable base. I think I'd like to to raise my feet up a little bit so I get better circulation in my uh, in my legs, raise my head up a little bit, and uh, that'll help with the snoring and also better TV viewing. So uh, it's a win-win again. See, Mattress Man. Go to mattressmanstores.com or go to any of their four local locations, Asheville, Arden, and Hendersonville, and experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. So... Matt Mattern ran for president against Donald Trump in the 2020 primary. Um, He is now advocating for Joe Biden. We're talking here about uh, the Kavanaugh hearing. And what Mattern believes is a credible allegation against Kavanaugh. So fairly credible means he doesn't get the appointment because it sullies his name. Doesn't that isn't that a uh, isn't that an inversion of innocent until proven guilty? Well, this isn't a crime. I agree. I agree. But you're but you're destroying a man's you're destroying a man's reputation. Well, I mean, we don't know. (laughs) I mean, quite frankly, they didn't do a a full investigation of this. I mean, the investigation that was done by the U.S. Senate was Mickey Mouse at best. I mean, I handle cases of sexual harassment where we put a lot more effort into uh, researching the sexual harassment of a janitor uh, than they put into putting into investigating a Supreme Court justice. It was laughable, and it was, you know, quite frankly, uh, a stain on the Supreme Court and a stain on the Senate for not taking those charges seriously. 
But if I recall correctly, there wasn't anybody that that backed up her story. There was no supporting evidence whatsoever. Well, they didn't. They didn't. Uh, well, who was the the witness? The guy who was allegedly with uh, Justice Kavanaugh at the time. They they didn't have him come in in public hearing. They didn't. They didn't track down other potential witnesses. They 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 ran it through as quickly as possible. I mean, quite frankly, Pete, I've done these investigations. Mm-hmm. It was not up to the standard that you would want for a janitor, let alone a Supreme Court justice. So then I would have to ask, why would the why would they sit on the the, the allegation for as long as they did, but for to create that compressed timeline in order to induce the exact outcome that now you're espousing that, well, he's he's sullied because we couldn't do the thing we wanted to do. Oh, and by the way, we held back on all of this in order to compress the timeline to induce the outcome. Well, I, I disagree with probably not bringing that person forward sooner, but the person who was making the charge uh, didn't really want to come forward because they knew they would have a a storm of controversy surrounding them, and it would be an ugly mess. So this is why a lot of women don't make these allegations, because they get tarnished in the process and get shamed for having even made the allegation. I mean, this wasn't some person who had no credibility. I mean, she was a college professor, for God's sake. Um, And, you know, a a lot of women get harassed and and worse and they don't make complaints that's 90 to 95 percent of people who are harassed never come forward Pete. this isn't harassment though this was she was claiming sexual assault yeah and right Uh, actual assault and and either right but there were and, and the people that she said were there said that that they were not there and it didn't happen so like all the people that she brought that she identified as witnesses were not there I don't believe that's an accurate statement, but I, you know, I don't have the entire record. In all right, yeah. So, so my my only point in bringing this all up, and I'm exploring it just with you because you are an attorney. But the uh, the 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 point is that that the way that that was handled, it it it, it kind of triggered a lot of people on the right that this is what the left is willing to do to a Supreme Court nominee, and it brought back all of the. Examples of, you know, Miguel Estrada and Bork uh, and uh, you mentioned Gorsuch, but they they went after him like this as well. Uh, Not along, not along, obviously, a sexual assault allegation. But uh, this is why, you know, people were uh, were backing Kavanaugh and this principle of, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Um, They 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 believe that the, the Democrats sort of rigged that and lined that up in order to destroy him. So even if he got on the court he would be seen as damaged goods. And it sounds like that's what you're saying he is. So mission accomplished. And so uh, at this point, like it, it seems like there's a there's an unwillingness to give anybody a benefit of the doubt or believe either side is working in good faith. So I, I, I'm unclear as to why why you think people would want to unify with people who are trying to destroy them like that. Well, I don't I, I'd say that the counterpoint to that argument, or, or certainly one, would be that if, in fact, one believed that the Democrats were out to destroy every Supreme Court nominee that was put forward, they didn't smear 
Gorsuch in a personal way, nor did they smear Amy Conan Barrett in a personal way and come out with sexual assault allegations. Well, with her, against... I mean, they, right. you remember they, her, her, but her nomination for the for the lower court for the for the federal uh, uh, appeals court, they did go after her personally for her religion. Well, I know that they made comments that were inappropriate. Uh, well. Senator Feinstein, uh, you know, made the, you know, ridiculous comment mm-hmm. about uh, the dogma is strong within you. I mean, and that's that is that has no place in the Senate hearing and it has no place in uh, determining whether or not somebody is a Supreme uh, worthy of being a justice or a, a judge in our system. So I, I disagree with that position, but it is not a sexual assault allegation mm-hmm. so i mean you know you can you can shift you know the focus you know when i say one thing you say another but the point is that they they made the democrats didn't make the allegation this college professor made the allegation and she came forward anonymously she said i didn't even want to do this so i mean you could say well they manufactured that they manufactured this person who had an exemplary life up to that point in time to come forward with a false allegation so that she could be pilloried in the media. And she hasn't like, to my knowledge, written a book or made a bunch of money off of this. So it lends, you know, it lends some credibility to her story that something happened there. I don't know. You weren't there. I wasn't there, but some of the allegations and statements that she made kind of, you know, made some sense. And quite frankly, Kavanaugh had a history of doing some serious drinking. He could have very easily blacked out during that situation. And that's why he doesn't remember anything. So he he's up there. <laughs> so saying, keep him hey, off the court I, for that. I, I, you're not going to get me to agree with that. I just I, I that's a very dangerous path you're walking down. I'm not going to join you on it. Um, let there's me... a there's a history of it. There's actually a history, a history to... of what? A history to not uh, appointing justices or judges who have a stain upon their reputation. And it goes back into, I think, Talmud um, in the Talmud uh, and appointing Jew- uh, judges in the Jewish system. And um, and I think that it, it makes sense in any system that you don't want to have a judge who is in some way tainted, period. And there are so many other judges out there who would not have that taint. And then our Supreme Court has uh, more credibility in the eyes of the people. And that is important. Uh, So do you support the idea of expanding the Supreme Court? And do you think Joe Biden would agree to do so? Uh, I do not uh, support the idea of expanding the Supreme Court, and I don't believe that Biden would. And quite frankly, if they did, they would probably lose a bunch of congressional seats uh, immediately and and probably the Senate and maybe the presidency uh, the next go round. So there are checks and balances there, which are um, elections. Um, so why do you think then they are pursuing this as an idea if the threat is that grave? Well, I, we, we are allowed freedom of expression of ideas in the United States. And, and, uh, as we know, there are a lot of expressions of ideas out there that 
don't ever become law and don't ever become policy. So I don't believe that that one will. And if it does, there will be uh, a backlash against it. So I, I don't think that it's something that should be done lightly. We've had a long history of having nine Supreme Court justices. And I think to the st for the stability of the country and the democracy, I think we should continue to play by the rules that we've been playing by for a long time because that gives people faith in our democratic processes. But doesn't the doesn't this toying with the idea right now in this very public way and Biden, you know, not dismissing it outright right now, doesn't that create the very instability that you're warning against? I, I do believe that it's not it's not helpful, though, you know, you could argue that, uh, you know, Franklin Delano Roosevelt toying with the idea kind of um, did have some effect, which, um, you know, probably moved the court a little bit towards the center and and moved the country probably in a better direction historically. So it, it's it's not without precedent. So let's not also uh go into the sky is falling mode on the other side of the argument as well. Well, no, I, I think FDR, I think you're right. FDR used that as a political weapon in order to get the court to reverse itself, to make different decisions, which is not what I thought the purpose of the court was supposed to be. Right. It isn't, it isn't supposed to be politicized, uh, but unfortunately it has been. And I would, that's why I'm saying don't change the nine justice uh, formula that we've had for quite some time. Um, but I'm also saying you can't you can't eliminate political speech. You could, through elections, change that outcome, though. More with Matt Mattern in a minute. First, if uh, you're looking to change your outcome on your home selling experience, maybe you've had your home listed for quite a while and it's just not getting sold, not even a nibble at this point, then you need a new real estate agent. Go with the only agent that I would call if I'm selling a house, the only agent that Christy and I did call when we uh, started buying a house, and that is Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. The phone number is 333-4483. Mountainhomehunt.com is the website. She's the official Homes for Heroes real estate agent in Asheville. Uh, it's a national program that gives buyers and sellers 25% back from realtor commissions. Uh, this goes to police officers, firefighters, healthcare professionals, and educators, as well as members of the military, veterans, active duty, and retirees. So give her a call. Buying or selling the only agent I would call Rowena Patton and the all-star powerhouse team, 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com, and start packing. Um, are you at all concerned about the scandal that uh, is emerging around the Biden family? Do you think it's worth investigating? Have you watched or read any of these interviews with this Sky Bobolinsky, Tony Bobolinsky? I've uh, read some of the comments that have been made by him. I haven't seen all of it. Uh, I'd say it's worthy of investigation, but I believe that it is um, primarily centered around President Biden's son, I mean, Vice President Biden's son, so the last time I checked, we're not electing his son. We're looking at at him. I, yeah, but uh, Bobolinsky's or, or his uh, charge is that he he worked with Joe Biden, too, and that that he was part of it. And the, the whole business, all of the business dealings with the uh, the Chinese. I think that's the that's the connection. It's not just about 
Hunter at this point. That was the sort of the the gateway into meeting with uh, Joe Biden that Bob Alinsky says he did. So do you think, though, that that is that that is disqualifying if he's working with uh, with the Chinese, getting billions of dollars from the Chinese? I, I don't have any evidence that supports uh, Bob Alinsky's argument. So to the extent that you, you can make unsupported conjecture, which you seem to be very opposed to in the Kavanaugh case, but seem to be okay with in this case, um, it, it just, it doesn't uh, follow. I mean, let's, let's see evidence. Well, I that's why I asked hard. it that way. Yeah. I want to, I want to, you're, see you're, you're adopting two different standards. That's why I, that's why I asked it that way. I, I'm, I'm saying that I'd like to see some evidence of it. Right. But in the first case with, with, with Kavanaugh, you like, no, we shouldn't have him on there put somebody else in there. So that's why I'm asking, should, should that same standard apply here? If it's this serious I, charge. It is a serious charge, and it, it wouldn't, but it isn't made from, from my understanding, the most credible of individuals. I would say um, that that's kind of the question that uh, I thought the charge made against Justice Kavanaugh was from a fairly serious individual. I don't get that Bobolinsky is the most credible of individuals, but why not? Maybe Correct me if you if you think that he's very credible. Well, I, what, well, but why, why do you think he's not credible? Well, f- from what I little I've read, he he doesn't sound like he's somebody who comes from a background which uh, lends a lot of credibility. But that you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But but well, uh, I I don't know what you assess to be a credible background, so I, I don't know how I would correct you. What, what, how do you think? How do you think that he's credible? How do I think he's correct? He's he sat for an FBI interview. He gave them all of his cell phones. He's a, uh, a nuclear sub commander, um, four year navy a navy veteran. He's uh, uh, some big uh, finance guy. He was the financial. Uh, he was in the finance industry and he's pretty well known apparently in DC circles. I I don't know if he's credible or not in your what your estimation is. That's why I was asking. So if you don't believe him to be credible but you believed Christine Blasey Ford was because she was a professor. Like I'm, so I, I'm, I, I'm unclear if he, I mean, he was working with the Biden family and he was their connection with this business. He was the finance guy. So, I mean, I, he, I, well, I've I seen nothing that discredits was him. He in, was he engaged in the fraud as well? I mean, in what, in what fraud? It, well, he's, is he alleging some fraud occurred and was he a part of the fraud or was he, um, was he not part of it? If they were engaged in a fraudulent um, operation, was Bobolinsky part of a fraudulent op- operation, or was he supporting it in some way, shape, or form? Well, the whole, from what I understand, the whatever the intention was to create this group with investment money from China, and then uh, Joe Biden was to get 10% of that cut, that the thing that the deal all fell apart before anything happened. And what Bobolinsky, uh, why he came forward was because Adam Schiff said that this was all Russian disinformation. And Bobolinsky said, you need to retract that. I'm not a Russian asset. How dare you? You know, I'm a, I'm a Navy veteran. Uh, you better have your guys take this down. He told the Biden family, you guys got to make him retract it. And they didn't. And this is what he says. I don't know if it's true, but he says because that didn't happen, he went public. 
And they've now got, I mean, they're producing audio recordings of this stuff too. So that's why I just asked, like, if that's not credible, you don't think that's a credible uh, uh, source, but you thought Blasey Ford was enough to keep one off the court, but not one out of the White House. I, I'm just, I'm trying to reconcile those two positions. Well, I'm, I'm just wondering that if Bobolinsky was a part of an organization that was allegedly giving a 10% cut to joe biden uh that seems illegal uh, almost per se of of an organization that uh they were creating so why was babalonsky agreeing to to do that so he so because whatever the nature of the uh the operation that would disqualify him as a credible source well Usually, well, there's there's a question of if somebody is engaged in some criminal enterprise themselves, they um, they might be trying they might be less than credible. I, guess I don't know. There's any by the way, I don't know. There's any criminal enterprise. The allegation is that they were selling access, that they were getting at, that they were using Joe Biden as the conduit, that the family name. That, that was the point. That's the that's the nature of the of the corruption scandal quote-unquote that's that's at the heart of this anyway uh and that's fine like you don't know all the details of it that's fine i just i just ask the questions when they pop up because it just seemed like it was a different kind of a, a standard um and i also so you also supported trump's impeachment um do uh, he was impeached for asking ukraine to investigate the biden's dealings and the FBI now just disclosed last night that they've been investigating this very thing, actually, since 2019, the Bidens. And so does that change your opinion about whether or not Trump should have been impeached? Him asking Ukraine, hey, what's up with, you know, to investigate the Bidens if the FBI was already doing it? Well, uh, asking the president of the Ukraine to announce that they had an investigation of the Bidens and in order and in order to get the military aid of 400 million dollars you need to stand up in front of the microphones and announce that you're doing an investigation of joe biden to damage him is using the power of the presidency to attack a political rival if in fact there was something going down that the bidens were doing wrong the fbi uh, the department of justice should have been uh, investigating that but the president should not be using U.S. aid to an ally who is fighting Russia um, and a very large percentage of their defense budget, the Ukraines, um, to say, hey, you've got to do this or else we're not going to essentially give you this money. That's wrong. I mean, that that's absolutely wrong. I, whether or not the Bidens did anything wrong or not, the president shouldn't be making this quid pro quo of, hey, we're going to hold up this aid unless you do something that hurts this political rival. Uh, I appreciate you uh, spending time with us. I, I know there are people that are in the Republican uh, ranks that will hear this and cheer on <laughs> your uh, your arguments, uh, and I'm certain there are others that will not. Uh, but I appreciate you spending some time and, and going over all this with us. Well, I appreciate the time uh, to talk with you, Pete, and it was a good discussion, and uh, look forward to talking with you in the future right. and, and urge your voters uh, to go out and and vote and support Joe Biden because I believe he is the best candidate and and a decent man, quite frankly. All right. And thanks for your time. Uh, here's something you'll be thanking me for is the recommendation of Growers Hemp. 
CBD oil for all sorts of reasons. People take CBD. I take Grower's Hemp CBD oil every night before bed. And when I fall asleep, I sleep deeper than I ever have before. So what are you looking for? Better quality of life, deeper sleep like me, lower tension, immune system resilience, a balanced state of mind, positive mental outlook. Add the natural alternative Grower's Hemp Full Spectrum Hemp Extract to your daily routine and find out what your reasons are. The best quality at a price that's affordable because they control the whole process. From the seed all the way to the shelf, Grower's Hemp maintains complete control so you get the best for lower prices. They also know people have a lot of questions about CBD, so Grower's Hemp will uh, guide you every step along the way. They want you to be happy and satisfied. As with all CBD products, here's the official disclaimer GovCo requires. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. So please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Go to growershemp.com. Use the promo code Pete for 20% off from North Carolina farmers to your home, Growers Hemp. It's about the hemp and not the hype. This story from justthenews.com by John Solomon says 27% of Americans have not heard about the Biden family allegations, and but knowing them, uh, knowing about the scandal does not push them to support Trump. Three quarters of Americans are aware of the controversy, um, and a majority of those who know about the allegations already believe them to be true, according to this poll done by Scott Rasmussen. Only one percent of the likely voters said uh, that lean uh, that learning about the Biden allegations would actually make them more likely to vote for Trump. Only one percent, while 30 percent said that they would vote for neither major party candidate or they just didn't know. So uh, is the story just, you know. Uh, it, did it break too late to have an impact? Uh, all of the people who had cast their ballots already, and so it didn't matter, and people don't want to say I was wrong or anything like that. Uh, or maybe Donald Trump is so polarizing, it just doesn't have any effect at this point. Right? They're just they're like, I don't care if he's more corrupt than Trump. I just hate Trump with the fire of a million suns, and so it doesn't matter at this point. Right? I don't know. It just it doesn't have any effect. Kind of like cold weather. If you're wearing some of the gear from Old Grouch's Military Surplus, they've got all your winter gear uh, for much cheaper than you're going to find at most outdoor store uh, uh, selections. And you're going to get military-grade thermal underwear. You're going to get wool sweaters, military field jackets, woolen fleece toboggans, socks, and Gore-Tex jackets. They've got backpacks. They've got ammo cans, which are great gifts for Christmas, by the way. Uh, Head on over to Old Grouch's Military Surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. Shop is open Monday through Saturday. And uh, by the way, if you're looking to sell some real U.S. military surplus, go see Tim at Old Grouch. Uh, he's always looking for uh, for more inventory. So uh, head on over there, Old Grouch's Military Surplus on Main Street, downtown Clyde, across the street from the anti-aircraft gun, and at oldgrouch.com. So NBC News did a story the other day. I I had not heard this, quote, scandal or this uh, conspiracy theory, this this story that apparently NBC found one month before a purported leak of files from Hunter Biden's laptop. A fake intelligence document about him went viral on the right wing Internet, uh, asserting an elaborate conspiracy theory involving 
Former Vice President Joe Biden's son and business in China, a 64-page uh, composition is a document that was later disseminated by close associates of President Trump appears to be the work of a fake intelligence firm called Typhoon Investigations. OK, look, I usually come across these types of right wing conspiracy um, ideas and theories. People send them to me and such. I've never heard of this one. I had never heard of this one, but NBC heard of it. They found out about it and they rushed out to to debunk it. <laughs> which, of course, serves a purpose, right? We all know what that purpose is. It's to give cover for the actual story, the actual scandal. So this way people think, oh, well, I see this headline. Oh, a fake persona laid the groundwork for a Hunter Biden conspiracy deluge. See, so you, you, you find this one story that nobody's heard of. You shoot that one full of holes and then everybody assumes that, oh, it's all bunk. And in fact, WRAL, the Raleigh NBC affiliate, uh, they went and tweeted it. I, I'm not sure who runs this account. I have my suspicions, <laughs> Laura Leslie. But um, she or they tweeted out, uh, missed this yesterday, and then a link to the story. Missed this yesterday. Well, that's interesting. So I went and did a search on their Twitter profile uh, for Biden laptop. Guess what? They also missed that story. Not a single tweet or comment about the Biden laptop story. And so I let them know. I said, you've missed more than that. And I showed them a screenshot of the search results. And then they said, we have our hands full, uh, more than full with state level stories these days. I wish I had a dollar for every NC race that I didn't have time to write about. We have the network and the wire for national stories. So when the network doesn't do a story, when the uh, when NBC doesn't do the story, whoops, we can't, you know, we can't be held accountable for that. But I can amplify this BS story for them. We see you. All right. That's a wrap for this episode. Remember, subscribe to the podcast. Give it a positive review. I appreciate that. Think about becoming a patron of the program. All the links are at thepetecalendarshow.com and in the description of the podcast. Talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone. 